Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bare Necessities podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to be going over the Miles Garrett contract extension, which ultimately breaks Khalil Mack's record for highest paid defensive player in the NFL by $2.5 million a year. Following that, we'll be getting into ESPN's front office survey that ranked Khalil Mack as the top edge rusher in the NFL, and then talking a little bit about Allen Robinson reportedly not having any contract extension talks with the Chicago Bears at the moment. At the end of the show, we're going to finish off by looking at four players who are on the Bears currently that might end up on the trade block. But before we get into the show, we have a couple quick announcements as we normally do. The first being, make sure you guys subscribe to us on YouTube. Just type in Chicago Bear Necessities or Bear Necessities Chicago Bears Podcast, or just click the link in our description and make sure you subscribe there. There's going to be a lot more exclusive content being uploaded there. Also, make sure to remember that we have switched to a Monday and Thursday upload dates. So you can expect to have episodes from the Bear Necessities before around 1 p.m. on both of those days. If you like our content, please subscribe to our podcast and make sure to leave us a rating and written review in the description. It helps us out tremendously, helps with our rankings, and helps us improve the podcast for you guys long term. So with that, everyone, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And We'll be back at you with another episode on Monday. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bare Necessities podcast. Once again, Reese, just you and I. Another uh, lonely week. We don't have any other guests. I just got back from Walter Payton's son's restaurant, actually. Flagship on the Fox, which is located in downtown St. Charles. Would highly recommend. How are you doing Ooh, today, Reese? Pretty good. I uh, I was out and fishing earlier in the, in the rain and all that. So it was an interesting day. Didn't quite have the exquisite uh, dining experience that you did. But, uh, <laughs> you know, explored other parts of... Uh, I don't know, living, I guess. <laughs> well, not only is it exquisite dining, but it actually has a brewery attached to it as well. You have to be 21 to get in, so any of our fans who are under 21, which I don't really think we have a lot of. I think we tend to actually have uh, about, I think our general age range is about 20 to 35 or 20 to 40, um, but it is a good, it is a really good place. A lot of good beer, uh, so, some some good food, really good food, and they actually have the brewery attached to it has its own private part. So if you just want to go to a brewery, you can go there too. But today we have a ton of fun and interesting topics. It's been a little bit of a slow week for the Bears, but we're we're we're, we're doing the best that we can with it. So uh, let's go ahead and start off. Miles Garrett, the man, the myth, the legend that almost killed a man on live TV last year. Gets a hundred and twenty-five million over five years, and that's twenty-five million a year, which breaks Khalil Max A, his guarantee record that he set, and then B his salary record by quite a bit. Because Khalil Mack, I think he averaged out to about twenty-two point five, so he beats Mack with about two point five million dollars a year. Initial reactions, Reese. Yeah, I think uh, Miles Garrett definitely a a very talented player. I mean, you know what you know discipline issues or you know something along those lines that he has. I mean, that's that's a little bit of a different story. That whole situation is a very loaded one, so I don't really have the time to pick that apart. But I think the contract wise, I feel like it's it's too much. You know, I think it's it's definitely overpaying him to a, to a certain extent. I think that Miles Garrett has loads of potential to be an elite pass rusher and he's already working towards that but at the moment i think that kind of number you know the five years i don't have a a problem with that at all you're going to want to retain your your star player i get that but 125 million seems 
seems a bit excessive. And I feel like it's kind of one of those contracts that was just signed to kind of set a record to get some media buzz going in a way. You mm-hmm. know, I feel like that's kind of the general. Sometimes I feel like that kind of happens. And when it's someone like Miles Garrett who isn't isn't the absolute top, like we know that he isn't. You know, it's just to create some some buzz. Now I am going to get a little bit into disciplinary, you know, issue <laughs> last year um, because I'm maybe a little bit more controversial. But honestly, he obviously messed up. But I kind of believe Miles Garrett that something happened, something was spoken that we didn't necessarily hear. Um, because Miles Garrett, if you've ever like watched an interview with him or like seen him with the media or just like see how he is he's a very like calm very very well educated guy he's not like um thing like a vontez perfect you know like like a like a guy that's like known to be like aggressive in the nfl and he's had his issues when you look at miles garrett he's a he's a good dude he's a he, he is a really good dude um he's known for being a good dude a lot of people love him so i don't i'm not too concerned with his character issues but I do have to say, as far as performance goes, he is not worth this contract. And I, he is obviously, when you look at him in the draft and his traits and, and everything, he he's, uh, you know, a, a specimen. But Jadavian Clowney was also a human specimen, and he did not get anything near this. Uh, he's actually still on the streets right now, currently. But um, ultimately, I think it just makes the Khalil Mack contract look really good I mean Bleacher Report earlier this year ranked Khalil Mack as the Bears most overpaid player which is which is ridiculous. which is completely ridiculous to begin with but and I and clearly I, I don't think Bleacher Report writers have ever um paid attention to the Bears offseason this past year because they gave a, a man named Jimmy Graham nine million dollars a year but we're not going to get into that but ultimately I think the Browns overpaid I don't know how much of an overpay. I think that his likely value would have probably been 19, 18 million ish because he has shown a lot of promise, but yet, yet to really put it together. Nowhere near the career at this point in his career that Khalil Mack had um, at his age. Yeah, I think that the 19, 18, I was going to say, like, honestly, like a $100 million contract for a five year wouldn't. That wouldn't seem too bad to me, but it's the it's the extra five million per year that really kind of puts it over the top. And yeah, when you compare it like someone like Khalil Mack, I mean, I will show you how much of a steal the Bears got. I mean, they had to do a huge trade and they ended up signing him to a huge contract. But really, you know, it, it's still so worth it. You know, I, that he, that man is is so much of a beast, so much of a disruptor to you know opposing offenses that. Almost any amount seems to be right, and when a contract like this comes up and it kind of puts you, it puts that contract into perspective. Finally, it it just proves how it was a great, probably Pace's best move as a GM. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely. I, that's why I think it's so funny that you could tell the weird thing about football, and you know, I'm sure this is true about every sport, but I gotta be honest, I I don't pay as much attention to other sports as I do football. Uh, not nearly the same amount of attention, actually, but it's amazing how uninformed these national media writers are. Like, it, it, it really, you have to have, like, no qualifications. And I think the issue with that is that a lot of, you know, writers, are they obviously do a good job with, you know, communicating their ideas and everything, but they have no really experience in the NFL. Like, Colin Coward, he's had, he has zero NFL experience. Ryan Wilson or whatever, who ranked Khalil Mack ninth in the NFL, had no NFL experience. Probably never even had any sort of college experience or, or whatever. And I'm not saying that 
you need to be, you know, overly experienced in the NFL to make statement, but you definitely need to know at least what you're talking about. And there are a ton of people who have no experience in the NFL that know what they're talking about. But at the end of the day, it's like, come on, you got to display at least a little bit of knowledge about something, right? Yeah, I mean, you think, and you brought up like Colin Cowherd. I mean, that example, Colin Cowherd is someone that covers like all sports, you know, and covering all that and then dropping these hot takes you know, same thing with like shows like First Take and all that. Like, you can only mm-hmm. be so knowledgeable. Even the most informed people in sports, like you can't know everything about every team. And yeah, when you deliver takes saying you know such and such is is overpaid or such and such was a bad move, you know, it kind of you have to take it with a grain of salt at times, unless they bring in another expert that actually knows is you know kind of more scoped into a certain league or even a certain team. The best information you can get on teams a lot of the time is with the beat reporters and the people who are actually around the team, surrounding themselves around the team, because they tend to understand the team at a higher level. The other difficulty is that a lot of national media reporters are incentivized to speak more broadly and widely. So that's why you'll see so many teams or so many articles like every team's most overpaid player where they, you know, they they write 32 hot takes or whatever. And it's because it gets better clicks. Um, It makes the article more appealing to every single fan base rather than an article that's like the top three Bears overrated players. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and even making hot takes that, you know, drive conversation and people disagree with are still good, right? Because you said it gets more clicks. People Mm -hmm. are talking about it. So in a way, kind of being uninformed or being acting ignorant in a way can boost your boost at least the number of clicks and attention that you get although it can kind of eat away at like your credibility if you continue to do like such like baiting tactics that's why here at Halstead Collective we also never use clickbait titles we tell you exactly what you're gonna get (laughs) and if you're looking for hot takes we'll warn you but let's move on so earlier this week Khalil Mack was named funny enough funny enough top edge rusher in an ESPN survey and how they collected the survey is essentially they they surveyed I believe it was 30 I think it was just front office GMs head coaches and they asked them a bunch of different questions and yeah Khalil Mack was named the top edge rusher making Ryan Wilson of CBS a very uninformed individual clearly and Ryan Wilson again if you are interested in coming on the show explaining yourself please if you're hearing this, come on the show. Email us. Our email is always in the description of the podcast. But it makes Ryan Wilson's take look absolutely ridiculous, ranking Khalil Mack ninth under players like Zadarius Smith, which is hilarious, and also Shaquille Barrett, which, you know, might even be more funny. Now, those other two players are pretty good players, but, I mean, come on. They do not get nearly the same attention that Khalil Mack gets, and they weren't working with nearly the limited amount of resources around them last year that Khalil Mack was working with. Yeah, I think that, you know, the fact that it was like a survey taken taken from coaches and front office, you know, executives, it kind of shows you, it puts really into perspective, right? Because they're people that are analyzing the game, breaking it down, and they can see, basically, they're evaluating the full value of Khalil Mack. They see that, you know, well, it may, everything might not translate to the stats that, you know, 
him getting double team, him being that big of a disruption to the offense, always needing to be taken into account on every play, goes further than just, you know, maybe getting a couple extra sacks. You know, you know, if Cleo Mack got three more sacks, that looks a little bit better, eleven and a half compared to the eight and a half. But in reality, it doesn't matter because Cleo Mack was out there every game, you know, and he was every offense's number one priority as to you know, who should be a captain account. So, yeah, I, I think just the fact of who they pulled in, like, that kind of survey gives a lot more weight to it and a lot more substance than, you know, just some random, you know, CBS Dude. writer, you know. These guys who they're – who – god damn. Today I'm stuttering. I am I mightily apologize to the audience. <laughs> the guys who are being surveyed here – are experienced guys. Their entire life is literally football. When you work in a front office, when you work for a team, your entire life is that. Like a lot of a lot of players, uh, they joke around. A lot of coaches, a lot of GMs, wives, they joke around. They say, "I think specific." I can't remember the exact GM GM's wife who I uh, remember this from, but they say that it's almost like football is the main wife and the and the the gm's actual wife is the mistress or whatever yeah. you're you're you are essentially married to the game and like these guys spend 100 over 100 hours a week working on football looking at film when they get home from work they're still focusing on football it's literally all football every day whereas these guys who are just writing articles they they get a really more generalized look at teams they look a lot more at the results and they learn less about the players. And, you know, Khalil Mack, he did have a down year statistically. We talked a lot about in other podcasts why that is. But he's certainly not the most overrated or overpaid player on the Bears. Like the Bleacher Report article stated he was. And he is certainly the best edge rusher in the NFL. I don't think there's really any debate to that. I, I, I full-heartedly believe that he is. And I think he's also the most dynamic as far as what he is able to do again all pro at two different positions and uh just a guy you can move around a lot i'm very excited for cleo mack this season i think having a lot of the other pass rushing pieces that were with him um in previous years and then obviously the addition of robert quinn is going to mightily help him this this year and geez i would be shocked if cleo mack puts up under 15 sacks yeah under if 15, he's healthy under him. 15 i mean 15 is a really good number for Khalil Mack. I think that might actually be like his career high, honestly. It would but, be because Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack's always been someone who's never really had a ton of pass rushing talent around him. Obviously, with the Bears in 2018, he had you know he had some good players around him. He had Akeem Hicks, which he had Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman, so two you know really good inside guys. But he's never yet. Khalil Mack really hasn't had a great edge rusher opposite of him since he had Bruce Irving with him when he was with the Oakland Raiders. And, you know, Bruce Irving was still somewhat limited. Robert Quinn was is a much better player to be paired with him. So ultimately, I think that the sky's the limit as long as this unit stays healthy, especially with the core behind him. And then here's the other thing about Khalil Mack, why he doesn't get a lot of sacks, is other teams literally dictate their offenses to him. He is the only pass rusher in the NFL right now that I have seen teams actually dictate their entire offensive game plan, completely change what they normally do when they when 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 they're faced against him. 
I, it's just, it's so rare in the NFL to see that. And he's one of the few players that I've ever seen, not only in uh, recent history, but probably in my lifetime that has been so dominant in that regard. Yeah, the reason why I call him like a game breaker, like I always refer to him as that, is because even if the momentum of the game is going in like one direction, all for the other team, Cleo Mack can single-handedly flip it around just with his ability to get into the backfield and constantly like force fumbles and strip sacks and everything along those lines. That completely turns the game on end and... You know, even if the Bears, I feel like this has happened multiple times where the Bears are down by at least like a touchdown, and then Cleo Mack is able to flip the total like field position and give the Bears a chance to score like right in the red zone by, you know, disrupting a play and then getting there and, you know, forcing a strip sack. So, yeah, I just think that Cleo Mack really has a, a knack and an un, unbelievable ability to, you know, turn, turn the game around, which on defense is really something to be said because. Ultimately, your main your main task is to stop them from scoring, but Cleo Mack can put you in a position to score. And we talked extensively about why the Bears still absolutely robbed the Raiders with the Cleo Mack trade. And, I mean, if you look at the damn players that they got for him, they got a running back, which is not all that difficult to find in the NFL. You know, Josh Jacobs, pretty good running back. I don't know if you'd call him a top five running back. He played pretty well his rookie year, but, I mean, how – Good running backs are a dime a dozen. You can get them anywhere. At pretty much any point in the draft as well. And they just also, I believe they uh, drafted Damon Arnett with our second first round pick in this previous draft, which uh, was was a player that I was projecting to go in the third or fourth round. So many people are going to argue that we got a better player at our second, or at the pick they gave us this year, which was Jalen Johnson. Then Damon Arnett, who is also a cornerback who was drafted above him. I, I don't think there's really any argument that the Bears got a better player with the actual pick. And, and not to stray too far off topic, but that's really just a typical Raiders move. I mean, you can bet on the Raiders to make kind of a weird splash pick with someone that was projected to go way lower and also draft like a and Farrell and, dra- and draft a fast wide receiver like they did with Ruggs. And like they did with Darius Hayward Bay, like back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think the Rugs pick was a good pick, but the Damon Arnett pick, man, that is not going to look good in the future. When you're evaluating DBs, there, there's definitely players who you're looking at, like, yeah, physically they're good, but playing DB is 10 times more technical than it is physical. Like, yes, there's certain qualities that you need to. you need to have. You need to be very athletic. You need to have loose hips. You need to, you know, flip your hips well. All, all these different types of, all these different abilities, You yes, you have to have them, but at the end of the day, player knowledge, technique far exceeds the ability. And, you know, Damon Arnett, he's a guy that shows a lot of ability, but technically speaking, he's, he's, he's very behind, I would say, yeah. especially at least for being picked in the first round. Yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. I think it's going to be something to watch for sure. And I know that you know, Jalen Johnson, and not just amongst Bears fans. I think that, you know, even nationally, I know that there's been a lot of buzz about the Madden ratings and all that. I know that Jalen Johnson was the top three rookie as far as the defensive back ratings go. So I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of expectations for him. Okay, so I had to check really quickly, but Jalen Johnson is rated a 73 for the Bears in Madden, and Damon Arnett Jr. is rated the seven, rated 70. So not that that is 
obviously going to be any sort of predicting value for their careers in the future, but it kind of goes to show you that it's pretty widely viewed that the Bears actually got a better player with the pick that the Raiders gave them, which I think makes it even, you know, more of a steal for the Bears. (laughs) Yeah, at least it's ironic in a way, you know. (laughs) Yeah, obviously not a predictive statistical measure, but (laughs) worth worth mentioning. So let's go ahead and move on. We have Allen Robinson news once again. Many Bears fans have been calling for the Chicago Bears to extend the player. He seemed to quickly became a fan favorite. Recently, he came out saying that he does not expect the Bears to be extending him this offseason and that they have not reached out to him for a contract extension. He wasn't saying it in any sort of salty manner or he's not mad or he's not going to hold out or anything. Um, But it's making a lot of Bears fans question Ryan Pace's uh, I guess abilities because they view him as a home run extension pick. Reese, what's your first thoughts on this? Yeah, I think that Allen Robinson would be a good extension, but I think he was someone that we talked about prior to not being very surprised if he ends up walking after his offseason. Like, would I would not be blown away if the Bears don't end up extending him, but as to whether or not if they should... I think that Allen Robinson has clearly been, at least under the Mitchell Trubisky era, has been the the most favorable target in this offense. I mean, last year he saw an unbelievable number of targets. He's always Trubisky's go-to guy. And I think he's played well in this Bears system, in Nagy's system. He's a a really sound route runner, and he has some, some pretty good physical abilities. I'd always like to see him do a little bit more in the red zone. With all that being said, I think at the right price, I think Allen Robinson is definitely a, a must sign. I mean, he's got some, got quite a few years left in his career. I mean, he's still pretty young. He does have a little bit of injury issues, which is a little bit concerning. But I think that as long as he's not asking to be paid like, you know, some of these top wide receivers, I, you know, I feel like he's he should be re-signed. I like Allen Robinson a lot, but... Ultimately, our offense has struggled quite a bit. And Allen Robinson, yes, he is a great player, and he's definitely the best that we've had. But he's not like this game-breaking, like absolutely dynamic player. He's definitely the best of what we've had. But that doesn't necessarily mean... It's not like he's a Julio Jones where we're like, okay, we need to lock this guy down. He's not like, uh, I mean, old old Odell Beckham, you know, on his right. first contract with the Giants where you're like you we need to bring this guy back in. He's not that. And Allen Robinson, I do hope that we end up extending him as long as it's a fair deal and he he's he's getting paid decent money, but I understand also Ryan Pace's desire to maintain cap flexibility and cuz honestly, we don't really know how the entire offense is going to look next season. If somehow the offense continues to struggle I believe every single person on that roster has the right to be questioned or at least their status on the roster should be questioned whether or not they're good for us going to the future I believe in Allen Robinson I think he's going to have a good year and I think we're going to end up extending him eventually but I do understand a desire to have this flexibility especially going into the next off off season which is probably the most uncertain off season that the bears have seen in a very long time especially under pace's era so uh, i just i think i side with pace here truthfully like let's maintain some cap flexibility let's not lock up too many guys and let's reevaluate everything going into next season to go with your point i think that 
Anthony Miller has far bigger like explosive ability than Allen Robinson does as to like being able to make mm-hmm. big plays and really kind of you know kind of hit you with like that home run ball then and, and which you know sometimes in a wide receiver you really do look for and I think that finding someone that's like Allen Robinson is a bit more replaceable. I mean, honestly, the Bears not saying that yeah, Riley 100%. not saying that Riley Ridley will ever be what Allen Robinson is right now, but he has the kind of play style that's very similar to Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson, I think his best ability is the fact that he's so versatile. Like he operates out of the slot, he'll operate on the outside. He does a good job with the RPO. Um, he has, a, he, believe me, he has a lot of uh, great qualities. He's a good route runner, and he's definitely been pretty good in the end zone for us. But again. We have the right to question whoever is on this offensive roster because they have not been performing. Allen Robinson, sure, he performed well statistically last season. He's made a lot of good catches. But, I mean, if we're changing quarterbacks and, like, let, let, let's say, for instance, we do draft a young quarterback. And let's say that his the best thing for him is he's got a huge, he's got a huge arm and that's his best quality. It would make more sense to go with someone who's a little bit more speedier and bringing more speedy guys than maybe someone like an Allen Robinson who is more of a short to intermediate threat. I don't, ultimately, I hope that we do hold on to Allen Robinson. I'm a big fan of his. I think he's a great player, but it would not shock me if in some sort of circumstance we do move on from him. And it also wouldn't shock me if we don't give him a contract extension this coming year. Actually, it, I think it's going to be extremely unlikely because ultimately, let's just, I mean, with the coronavirus, with this quarterback situation, with everything, we just, we need that cap flexibility going into next year to really decide who is the best player on the team. And also, I mean, if you look at it from a logistics perspective, if you don't think Allen Robinson is going to have the same year he had this previous season with the Bears, which was one of the best ones in his career, not the best one, but one of the best ones, why would you give him a great contract after his be- after his best year? You know, why would you extend him after his best year? Why not wait to see if he if he does an even better year this coming year? Fine, give him more money. That's fine. I'm willing to pay for a high quality wide receiver, but I mean, at the end of the day, wide receivers are are pretty much a dime a dozen, just like running backs in the NFL. You can get a pretty damn good one in the draft. You can get a good one in free free agency you can you can find these guys especially i mean alan robinson great player but would not surprise me if he hits the open market historically too we gotta look at the bears like tend to not really re-sign star receivers i mean think about who we've even seen walk this past decade i mean they -hmm. brought in brandon marshall and let him go only a few years later elshon jeffrey was not long for the team you know, those are two big cases right there where they kind of just, they had star receivers and like, ah, you know, we can go out and we can find, we can sign or we can draft better. And, you know, like your favorite phrase in this podcast has been dime a dozen. Yeah, you can go out and, and get like these these players and a draft, you know, we're aiming for the Bears to go ahead and hopefully take a quarterback with this first round pick. But in the future, drafts usually you know in the first round you can generally find like that star receiver you know it's generally a pretty easy find sometimes you can even find them even further down in the draft especially if it was a a draft like this past years where there was pretty loaded at the wide receiver position yeah 100 percent. and ultimately if you look at teams historically that have been really successful in the super bowl uh kansas city chiefs kind of being an oddity but they don't overly spend a ton of money at the wide receiver position 
you look at, I mean, New England Patriots tend to be an oddity, so I'm not going to use them as an example. But, hey, look at the 49ers. They played really well with not amazing, you know, wide receiver play. You look at, you know, the, you look at all these different teams, right? Um, the Eagles, Baltimore. they had Alshon Jeffrey, but that's about it. Baltimore, they didn't have any good wide receivers. There's countless examples of it that wide receivers, they tend to be, they're like cornerbacks in the way that, yes, it's nice to have them, but you don't need the best wide receivers or the best cornerbacks to win the Super Bowl. Again, the Eagles are another example of that. Now, one other thing that I want to kind of mention is the Bears are also probably leaving some cap space open for if the possibility that a quarterback arises in free agency this next coming year. I mean, you look at some quarterbacks who are potentially going to be available. There's Dak Prescott. I don't think that he is going to be available, but if he is, it's worth, you know, inquiring about him. Potentially other guys like Aaron Rodgers could potentially hit the free age or hit the open market in the next coming years. That'd be pretty damn nice. Obviously another speculative option, but why lock yourself down to an offensive contract when the offense has been so poor so far? I mean, that's a very fair point. I mean, why invest heavy in some, it may be like investing in an asset that you kind of know is going to perform mediocre, you know, like, Mm-hmm. And especially it's a position that's so dependent on the play from the quarterback position too. I mean, which the Bears don't have. So it's invest. It's kind of yep. like investing in like something that's like secondary when you should be more concerned in like the primary issue, which is the quarterback position. Yeah, it's a band aid, right? Wide receivers are kind of band aids for poor quarterback play. You know, like you you do not need and I mean look how good Aaron Rodgers has been with just Devontae Adams sure you can say he probably should add they should probably add another wide receiver but he's playing just damn fine without any other wide receivers you know exactly like we should be investing the money at the quarterback position before we're certainly doing it at the wide receiver position because if we I mean hell if you somehow get a hold of I mean, I'm not, I'm not even gonna, I'm not, I'm not saying that this will happen, but hell, if Aaron Rodgers somehow hits the open market or, or something in the near future, why wouldn't you rather put money towards him than put money towards wide receivers? So just some open thinking. It's not going to happen. I, I, I would, I think that the Bears are going to end up drafting a quarterback. So then it makes a lot more sense to invest in the wide receiver position, which is ultimately what I believe will keep Allen Robinson on this team is that I believe that he's going to be you know, uh, uh, a kind of a crutch for a young quarterback, uh, hopefully a Justin Fields, but you know, it, it's not a necessity by any means. Yeah, it's not, it's not a necessity and I wouldn't be, it could really go, you know, either way at this point. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up, you know, on another team next season or if he ends up with a, with a somewhat reasonable contract extension. I don't see the bears really breaking the bank in any case, even if he has a, a huge year this year. I think they're going to be somewhat, you know, somewhat reserved in, in what they're going to, or what they're going to, oh man, I'm just like you now, I'm all stuttering, but, uh, and what they're going to like offer him. Ultimately, I think that he's going to end up getting about a $16.5 million contract. I think that's about fair for him. Anything over like 18, I, I wouldn't be too happy with. I believe that'd be a, a complete overpay. But also, there's a ton of talented wide receivers coming to hit free agency next year, including a player, Chris Godwin, who 
has been a monster as far as speed goes and dynamic playmaking ability. Maybe someone to look at if Anthony Miller is able to take over kind of that main workhorse number one ish role. That wouldn't be a bad idea to swap out Allen Robinson and Chris Godwin. Yeah. But ultimately, we're just going to have to wait and see. I'm super excited for next year's offseason, which seems to be the uh, the the staple of being a Bears fan. <laughs> but um, all right. So moving on players who might end up on the trade block. We talk about Kyle Fuller all the time, so we're going to exclude him from this list. But there are a couple of players on this team that have a real opportunity of being traded and having their contract ended a little short with us, especially with everything that's going on and it being a very unique time for the Chicago Bears as far as salary cap and quarterback, looking at a new quarterback. You don't, it's almost as if no one is safe. But um, there's a couple names specifically that we kind of narrowed down. So, Reese, why don't you go ahead and read me off your first name? Yeah, I, I think Tariq Cohen is definitely a uh, – he's someone that could be traded away given if – honestly, I think it can go either way if he performs well or if he doesn't perform at all. I think a little bit more of the latter. Um, Tariq Cohen being someone that this is his contract year, so next year or in this next offseason, the Bears are going to have to make a decision whether or not they want to have to re-sign him or not. But he is also someone that's a little bit more of a specialty player. He has a role in special teams and also a role in the offense. But he's not someone you can necessarily throw out there on every single down. So he kind of is a niche player. He has value, but, you mm-hmm. know, only so much of it to an offense. However, you know, some kind of team looking to make a playoff push, then maybe doesn't really have that kind of like scat back where uh, running back that can also kind of make uh, plays out of the backfield receiving you know, things along those lines, you know, they could possibly want to nab him up and, you know, possibly look to re-sign him in the future. So I think, you know, if the Bears are maybe are having a uh, not a great start to the season, heading into the trade deadline, I think Tariq Cohen could be someone that could be offed. What type of value do you think we'd get for him? Man, I, I think it, it's really interesting. I think it has to, it, a lot would do with... It's a hard yeah, player. To I think down. a lot would have to do with kind of what kind of like, form you know how he's been playing recently but i think he could get as much up to maybe a fourth fourth round pick yeah that seems pretty i th- i would believe that he would get a fourth in some sort of trade third seems like a, a slight bit too much unless he has like another fantastic year like he did in 2018 maybe you can get a third for him but most likely a fourth but um, ultimately, I think that a big difficulty with Tariq Cohen is just his valuation. It, he's such a unique player that it becomes so hard to really narrow down exactly what he's worth. Of course, his agent and his um and himself, he's going to be wanting to pay himself like a you know top running back, which is ten ten million or and above. But there's that's nowhere near his value. His value is probably at like four or five million, I'd say. Um. So Tariq Cohen, really a a difficult player to, and another complexity for him is the fact that he plays a lot of wide receiver. So when you play, when you pay a player as a wide receiver, that number automatically goes up. $8 million for a running back is quite a bit, but $8 million for a wide receiver is like next to nothing, you know? So it's going to be interesting to see how they actually narrow down his valuation. Yeah, definitely. I think that he's someone that he's really hard to point, like pinpoint on all measures, which which makes him really difficult to re-sign. So I think that that could be a really uh, a big possibility why he could be moved or, 
you know, if he's not moving to the trade deadline, I wouldn't be surprised to see him walk in the offseason, which, you know, if that's going to end up happening, you might as well get some kind of value out of him. So we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That makes sense. Um, So the name that I have first is Charles Leno Jr. Charles Leno, he definitely didn't play have his best season this past year. Got stuck with a lot of holding calls. Um, but in 2018, was a pro bowler and is on a really good contract for a left tackle in the NFL. You know, he's one of those players that you can slot in at the left tackle position and not have to worry about him anymore. And I think that's one of the biggest commodities in the NFL. Unlike the uh, quote-unquote dime a dozen that we've been (laughs) saying all the time, left tackles are... A quality left tackle is actually pretty rare in the NFL, and teams will spend years and years and years to try to find one that's even at Charles Leno, Leno Jr.'s level. And, you know, ultimately... That's a that's a great job by truthfully I think he was here actually with the previous GM I believe actually found him but he was a eight, seventh round pick I believe for the Bears and uh, so you know great job for the Bears for actually being able to develop a player for once but um, ultimately I could see him trading and he actually might get some pretty damn decent value if he is traded I believe he'd get kind of almost a shocking value for some people I could see him with like a third and maybe a fifth for his value maybe it's maybe even more potentially even more yeah i think linemen good linemen that can consistently perform right they have they have from some nice value you know and the bears like you said phil emery I, I do believe picked him up late in one of those drafts so i, I think that you know he's someone that's served the bears decently well but he's never been someone that you're like oh he's a must like a must keep so i could see them possibly moving on and really trying to get someone that's a little bit more of a staple a little bit more consistent at that position you know especially with the way the bears offensive line is now you know cody white here is probably the most certain thing on that offensive line on the interior and then james daniel maybe after that everything else is a little bit high quality yeah everything else is kind of like replaceable along the offensive line you know Mm-hmm. you wouldn't really necessarily blink an eye at them moving away from any of these people. So I think Charles Leno Jr., someone who actually has some value on that offensive line, you know, would not be a shock move in my opinion. Well, you look at how much guys like Nate Solder got with the Giants, $19.5 million, and he's probably a below average left tackle. I can't even imagine what Charles Leno Jr. would get if he hit the open market. So trading him... You honestly, truthfully, there's a possibility that he could get a second round pick. And the only reason why I say that we would potentially trade him is if the Bears are looking to kind of with a new quarterback, kind of like start over, get some younger talent, maybe get try to roll the dice and get someone who's a little bit higher quality. That's really a key staple um, or maybe someone in the draft that they really like falls into their lap. You know, you never know. But I think that Charles Leno Jr. can absolutely be traded. And his current contract is probably one of the best values for a left tackle in the NFL. Clearly not one of the best left tackles, but Pro Bowl left tackle making like $8 million a year. Sign me up for that. Um, if you're pretty much any team, the only, again, the only reason why I would think that we would potentially move on from him is the fact that maybe a slight rebuild is coming. Maybe um, you, you just, you just want to get some younger talent in the door. So, Reese, who's your who's your second player? Yeah, so my second is Robert Quinn, which might seem kind of 
unusual, a little unsuspecting, especially when it's someone that you just signed. You know, sometimes I can kind of look bad as a GM to to pick someone up and then go ahead and move away from them right away. However, you have to realize that he is a veteran um, edge rusher, so you know that he does have value. But at the same time, if he comes out and performs very well with you know the presence of Mac, maybe buffing off his stats, then you know maybe you're able to move him off for something that's like a ridiculously high you know value that you wouldn't be able to get back and. You never know how long. I mean, the Bears definitely aren't going to plan on re-signing, you know, Robert Quinn. I don't see that happening unless, you know, he ends mm-hmm. up performing very well. But in that case, I think the Bears could end up moving him off because, you know, if you're able to get something back for him, then you might as well go out and get it. And you can always go out and try to draft another edge rusher. The Bears always seem to have a couple people in the pen behind ready to go ahead and get their chance. So, it's kind of it would be an odd move, but maybe something that could happen. You never know what, really what can happen during the NFL season. I guess a move that that would kind of remind me of is when Calais, Calais Campbell got moved to the Jaguars later in yeah. his career. Um, uh, definitely a high quality player, and I think that uh, sorry with Robert Quinn, he's someone that I would be really shocked if he doesn't put up another double di- digit sack season. And pretty much any pass rusher that gives you double digits on a $12 million a year contract. I mean, he's he's surrounded with by far the most talent he's ever had around him in his career. He's bound to have a big season. And I mean, moving, you might be able to get, I mean, with pass rushers, I don't know if you can, you did, if he was younger and he get, put up like 16 sacks, you can get a first round pick for him. But with his age, you might be able to get a third, maybe a low second for that for that um I think that's about what Calais Campbell went for if I if I remember correctly he might have went for first I'm not I'm not 100% certain but clearly someone that would hold a lot of value and something that the Bears have the luxury of being able to move on from because we're still gonna have a ton of high quality talent maybe a good move to make in order to package and get a quarterback in next draft the second player that I have is one that is a, a fan favorite Certainly. And someone who um, <clears throat> we talked very highly of very extensively in the end of the show. And that is Khalil Mack. Do I think Khalil Mack should be traded? No, I, I really don't. I love Khalil Mack. He's my favorite player, best Bears player I've ever seen. But I could see a circumstance where Ryan Pace might be eager to go up and get someone like a Trevor Lawrence. And if the team who has the opportunity to land Trevor Lawrence is someone who, you know, already has a quarterback option that they may, you know, that they they feel confident in, I believe that Ryan Pace would throw everything he can to get that player. Because that's just the type of GM Ryan Pace is. He's a very aggressive GM. He's never been afraid to trade players. He's never been afraid to trade up in the draft. I don't believe that Khalil Mack is as untouchable as we might believe he is. He's getting a little bit later in his career, and yeah. not 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 that I want him to be traded, but I could see it as a scenario. I could see it in in a scenario. And some some reporters were, you know, not very reputable reporters, may I add, but they were they were saying that Ryan Pace was exploring potential values for Khalil Mack this previous year. Yeah, I think with Khalil Mack, I think that right. I think there is a certain air of untouchability with him right you know there's kind of the mystique around him he's really kind of 
the big pivot point, which I think, you know, in this franchise. However, you know, if, if Ryan Pace really wasn't, wants to right his wrongs, you know, uh, make up for the Trubisky failed experiment, then, you know, maybe moving up, getting that Trevor Lawrence or, or Justin Fields way high up in the first round next year, it could happen. I think that, you know, I think he would be met with a lot of opposition. I think the fans would be would be pretty upset about it. But like you said, I mean, Ryan Pace is someone that he's not afraid to go out there and make some pretty bold moves. I mean, bringing in Cleo Mack in the first place was, was pretty bold, um, one that worked out for him very well. But, you know, I think it would be hard for this team to part ways with him. And I think that it would kind of signify a little bit of an end of an era, definitely another turning point again for this Bears team. However, mm. if this season goes bad, you know, so, you know, 2019, they went 8-8. Eight and eight. Let's say the Bears aren't so successful this year, you know. Maybe the defense does well again, but the offense kind of sputters out. They have another losing season. Nagy's on the hot seat, you know, depending on how bad it is, he's gone, he's fired. If there is a situation where the Bears really do awful, and they're kind of cleaning house a little bit, but Ryan Pace ends up remaining as a GM. Maybe he just wants to completely redo this team, really kind of wants to clean the slate, goes out, moves someone that he knows he can get a lot of capital for, and that way they can really just kind of start fresh, start new. And it'll kind of just be like kind of what the what the Cubs did, you know, as soon as Theo Epstein got in, it's really just kind of traded away everyone, got rid of anyone that had any kind of value, and just brought in some young players that could just start a future for him. And look how well that worked out. Yeah, exactly. Pretty, pretty damn well. Pretty damn well. And the, you know, Brian Pace, he is universally loved by Bears fans for bringing, for gifting us Khalil Mack, the the most entertaining possible player that we could have had. In the, that we've had in a very long time, the Bears were short, a bit short on talent in the recent era. Bears fans love him for that, but think of how much more we would love him if he brought us a player like a Patrick Mahomes or like an Andrew Luck, like a high-level quarterback, giving the Bears maybe their first Pro Bowl All-Pro quarterback. I believe. In Trevor Lawrence, 100%. I believe that he is going to be the game breaker that everyone thinks he is going to be. I believe he is going to be an Andrew Luck-like talent, which is, I believe, the best comparison to to put on him is he's, he, he is the best quarterback to come out of the draft in a very, very long time. The most highly anticipated quarterback to come out of the draft in a very, very long time. Very good technically. Very athletic. Won the national championship as a freshman. He's never shrunken in the moment. Yeah. He's always been a very high-level quarterback. The Bears need someone like that drastically. Now, hypothetically, Reese, would you... And obviously, Andrew Luck's career was riddled with injuries, but would you trade a Khalil Mack for Andrew Luck? Yes, I would. And it's just because of the way that... Disregarding It's injuries. the way that the, the NFL is now. I mean, it's such a quarterback-driven league. I mean, you know... Everyone's so quick to point to Mahomes, right? Because he really kind of changed the direction of that Chiefs team. But that's really the only thing you really need to see it like, to prove it. I mean, there is so there's so much reason why, you know, 
Tom Brady is called the GOAT, you know, because he's like the one that led the, the Patriots to all those titles. Peyton Manning is held to such a high standard. When you get someone of that caliber to be brought in, it changes the direction of your franchise. And Cleo Mack did that. But while you're saying that, you're saying that Ryan Pace gifted us with, you know, the best possible thing. The, what was going on in my head is, well, the next best thing would be if he could bring in a quarterback, a franchise quarterback that could lead the Bears to the Super Bowl. Because and I, because that's what the Bears are missing. The Bears have not had that franchise quarterback. And I think Trevor Lawrence can definitely be that. Like you said, he won the national championship as a freshman. I think anyone that's been able to watch him play in college football can realize that there's something very special there. He has really great accuracy. He has a great arm. Watching him play, it was a lot like watching Joe Burrow play um, for the Bengals. I, I think he's almost even on a different level than Joe Burrow. But this past season, everyone yes, yes. was watching Joe Burrow, and it was just it was amazing. It was watching him connect with those wide receivers, watching him throw the ball deep, watching him really just command and control that offense. Trevor Lawrence can do that and then some. You know, I think that he kind of has that little special gift, that special knack. You know, every great quarterback has it. You know, it's not the same. Trevor Lawrence isn't going to be like a Patrick Mahomes, but he's going to be a Trevor Lawrence. See, in the same way that Peyton Manning developed to be into his own quarterback and the same way that Tom Brady developed into his own, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to do that with whatever team he ends up on. Hopefully any team but the Browns, actually, because if there's anyone that can yeah. can ruin him, it would be the Browns. But I think that no matter what, he's going to have a, a very special career. Well, the Jaguars are clearly a very close second <laughs> as to who could ruin his career. Fact. But ultimately, I think that a lot of Bears fans, if the Bears were to make this move, they would be like very upset. And they'd be like, oh, but there's there's a risk associated with this. You know, like there's a risk that we that Trevor Lawrence might be a bust. He might be exactly like Mitchell Trubisky. There's this risk and you know, there's that. Well, there's also a risk with not having a damn quarterback. Not having a high-level quarterback, you know? There's also a risk of picking the quote-unquote known commodity over the opportunity that you have. Look at Mitchell Trubisky and Patrick Mahomes. There wasn't a damn analyst on the on NFL Network on draft night that would have argued that Mahomes should have won over Trubisky. Mahomes is being projected as a second-round pick, right? And... The Bears, they went out and they got the more quote unquote known commodity and and drafted Mitchell Trubisky. You look at other teams, there's a lot of teams that could have had Patrick Mahomes. At almost, truthfully, at his draft position, any team in the NFL could have had Patrick Mahomes. And sure, you can bash on the Bears all you want for not drafting him, but through extensive measures, any single team in the NFL could have gotten Patrick Mahomes. Look at the Rams, right? If they would have traded Aaron Donald for Patrick Mahomes, or for the pick that got Patrick Mahomes, people would have mocked them into yeah. hell. But you you know what the Rams have desperately needed over Aaron Donald? A quarterback, a really high-level quarterback. So ultimately, and, and here, let's be honest, Trevor Lawrence is a much more sure thing than Patrick Mahomes is. Much more sure thing. Like he, he has displayed a high level of accuracy, a high level of consistency, great ball placement, great athleticism, ability to score, ability to throw on the run, literally everything you desire out of a quarterback. When you look at Patrick Mahomes, you have to look hard to find some sort of bad, something bad in his abilities. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is tough, and I, I definitely agree with that. He's much more of a sure thing than Patrick Mahomes. There was a lot of doubts about Mahomes, and obviously that pick paid off. But I think that a part of that was because Mahomes was playing on Texas Tech, which isn't exactly as high a line of a, of a team as you know Clemson, who's been a college football powerhouse in the past few years. So Lawrence has had the spotlight on him for as long as he's been playing, and he has not buckled under it, under it once. Which really kind of, like sometimes this happens where some of these big-name quarterbacks in college fail. But Trevor Lawrence doesn't really have... He's not like one of those running quarterbacks. It was he's a not tribute. like Jameis Winston. Right. But in Jameis Winston, honestly, I mean... Jameis Winston didn't end up turning out to be exactly everything that you know we thought he was going to be. But he didn't even nearly have all the same skills that Trevor Lawrence had. And I'm a fan of, of no. Jameis Winston. But even in college, the, you, you watch Jameis Winston, you could see some of the flaws. He had bad games. Trevor Lawrence does not have games as bad as Jameis Winston had at Florida State. So tell me this, Reese. Yeah. Would you, or not would you, but what would you give up for the Bears to land Trevor Lawrence? Anyone on the roster. Give, give me a value. Um, Khalil Mack and something? Just uh, Khalil Mack. I don't know Khalil if I'd Mack go farther than... Khalil Mack and maybe some low picks, maybe. But, you know, I don't know if I'd go much further than that, but I would definitely be willing to package any other Bears player, you know, if it wasn't together with Khalil Mack. If it was like a Hicks and like someone else, you know, I'd definitely be willing to give that up, you know, something along the lines of I'm trying to think anyone else that really has like decent value. I mean, some of these players are running out of contracts. So like Kyle Fuller, you know, that wouldn't really be an option. But you know, Absolutely. if you if you take any like any of these decent Bears players and package them with some higher picks, I'd be completely fine with giving that for Trevor Lawrence because you do need to take risks in order to be successful in the league. You need to take risks. If you don't take risks, you there's a very low likelihood that you're gonna ever end up becoming a team that has, is contending for a Super Bowl, and that's just the fact. Ultimately, I would prefer if the Bears didn't trade Klomak, and I'd actually prefer them to trade their next three first-round picks than trade for or trade Khalil Mack. I think that the Bears need to get a quarterback, and I truthfully I believe that both Fields and Lawrence are going to be great quarterbacks at the NFL level. But with Field or with Lawrence, I just. I truthfully believe the only thing keeping him from losing a super or winning a Super Bowl at some time in his career is his, is injuries. He doesn't have injury issues currently. He's been completely healthy, but you never know at the end of, at the next level, crazy things happen. That's just how confident I am in him. It's I've never I have never seen a quarterback that has played so flawlessly in college as Trevor Lawrence, and he was he's been doing this since he was in high school. He's been a high-level player since he was in high school. He's one. Of, he's one of the only players that I looked at when he was playing. When he was playing in high school, and said, "Damn, this kid could probably get drafted today." Yeah, yeah. He has his talent is. You can see it as leaps and bounds ahead of the people that he's playing with. So I, I think he was. He's been an NFL talent for quite some time now. So, and 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 truth be told, the Bears right now they. The ch- their chance of getting Lawrence is very low. It's it's very low because we have a good enough team where we could get 10, 11 wins 
and keep ourselves out of that conversation. But I do believe that the Bears need to chase after one of the top two quarterbacks. And I really hope that we end up getting Fields if Lawrence isn't the first one off the board. Which, you know, I've seen a lot of people doing mock drafts where Fields is the top pick. I disagree with them wholeheartedly. If I had the first pick, I'd take Lawrence, absolutely. But uh, maybe we'd get lucky if we can somehow trade up for (laughs) the second pick in the draft. I just, I truthfully hope that a team that doesn't need a quarterback gets one of those picks, you know, like the, like the Detroit lions this past year, when they got third, they could have, they could have drafted, you know, Tua or Herbert, but they didn't draft a quarterback because they have Matthew Stafford. I'm hoping that they, that, that similar situation happens and the bears are able to trade up and get a good quarterback. Um, but you know, I'd also settle for, you know, Jamie Newman or some of the other guys we've talked about on previous podcasts. Yeah. We'll just have to wait and see how it all plays out. It's going to be a, a very interesting uh, draft hype, I'm sure, because there's going to be quite a few quarterbacks that have really high potential at the next level, and that always causes a lot of buzz. So it'll be it'll be very interesting come next offseason. Absolutely, and I think that's going to wrap it up for today's show. Thank you guys so much for listening to every single episode. If you made it this far, please go ahead and leave us a five-star rating. That helps us tremendously. We've seen a little bit of an uptake in the amount of ratings we've been getting. I think last week we had two five-star ratings, so we really appreciate whoever is uh, leaving these ratings. And hey, you know, if you uh, if you really like Bear Necessities, go ahead and leave us a written review as well, because that helps us out even more. But again, we're thankful for whatever you guys do. Um, and look out for another episode coming on Monday. Thanks so much, guys. Bear down.